Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another masterful Monday with the Jocks of All Trades podcast. This is Jock Talk. I am joined by Kyle, Luke, and special guest Aubin. What's up, everybody? Um, we got a lot to talk about. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> we do. Uh, so what better way to start than to start with the buzz, if it'll come up? Whoa, look at that. Um, guys, probably one of the more shocking things that happened this week. Sean Payton is stepping down as the coach of the Saints um, for who knows how long. He's kind of just said it's a break. Um, do we wonder if it's because he paid Taysom Hill an insane amount of money? Uh, do we wonder if it's just he's had a rough time in uh, Louisiana? Like any any speculation, guys? What, what do we think? Um, about he was in over his head after he decided that yes, I can go into the season with either Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill as my quarterback. Like you just weren't going to get anywhere. Um, oh, I think he he thought, oh. he, thought, he thought a little bit too much of uh, oh it's listen Winston has talent I don't think anyone has questioned that but from like a mental side of things he just really hasn't caught up to where other people have gone now I think he should still be in the league I think he could be a really good backup I think he could even be like a middling starter at best but like for Sean Payton to be like yeah I can take. Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, which Taysom Hill never really should have been a starting quarterback anyway. That just pissed me off. Um, to think that he could take those guys and get to the playoff level, like, I knew that wasn't going to happen. Most people thought that wasn't going to happen. Also, Michael Thomas, like, he doesn't even want to be on the team, really. He's hurt. Um, like, Kamara really didn't have as good of a year as he has had in the past. A lot of things are going wrong with, with the Saints, I would say, on the offensive side of the ball, and they don't really have a lot of capital to – um, retain that or to get better. So I think he saw his opportunity to leave. He did. And then if he wants to ever come back, I'm sure he could probably get traded to a team that desperately needs a head coach. I'm thinking Mike McCarthy is out next year for the Cowboys head coach. Sean Payton comes yeah. back in. They trade for Sean Payton. Cowboys get Sean Payton as their head coach. That's what I hear a lot around the Twitter sphere and Cowboys yeah. fans. So like that would make sense. But I just think overall Sean Payton got in over his head just a little bit. So I think he just needed time to mourn <laughs> losing Drew Brees. And it's like, yeah, oh, I'm wait, too. I don't have a good QB anymore. Um, so when you have Winston, um, Winston's a big fan of Thanos. I didn't know if you guys knew that. Uh, Perfectly balanced. Something should be. Uh, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. When that stat line was posted and everybody's like, he broke history. I'm like, not in a good way. Like I don't, however, I don't think that's going to be a franchise. Oh, yes, man does need to make a thirty for thirty about him. <laughs> yeah. However, the Saints were only one game away from the playoffs. If you're telling me Jameis Winston for that's as true. many for thirty touchdowns, thirty interceptions, he does that very well, better than anyone in the world. <laughs> um, but he also throws for five thousand yards a season. So if you're if you're telling me that the Saints couldn't have won. At least one more game with J- with a healthy Jameson Win- or Jameson Jameis Winston at QB over Taysom Hill or anyone else. You're 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 wild for that. Um, no, I just James, think like, James Winston, is it because of Winston or is it in absolutely? Spite they were winning. They were, the Saints they were defense winning. was just they were winning. Winning. 
they were winning with him and started losing without him. I mean, I think it's pretty clear. I mean, there's some. I'm gonna I'm gonna look in in just a second at their their schedule. Um, but the games that they the games that they lost, I guarantee you, there's at least two games that they should not have lost, and they could have won had they had a quarterback who was at least supposed to be a quarterback. Right. Like it's not like we all can agree Taysom Hill should not have been paid the contract that he was. There's there's an example that we were talking about before the show uh, of someone that did not deserve a starting role, uh, should not be paid like a starter, and I can think of about five people who deserve the job more. Um, But while you guys talk, I'm going to look at the Saints, and I'm going to look at their schedule because I truly believe you've got – they were one game away. There's no way you can tell me that they lost multiple games that were not winnable games. Yeah. So, so Caleb is posing us a good question while we're all thinking and marinating on that. Uh, who's going to win? He wants all four of our opinions. Uh, I'm assuming Rams, Bengals. Um, I've bet against Joe Burrow for a long time. This might be the first time that I don't. I'm going to take the Bengals. I'm going to take the Rams. Um, I just think Stafford in all those years never got a playoff win, and this year – especially in the Rams' home stadium um, with Cooper Cup, who should be the MVP in my opinion. Um, like, I think it'll be close at first, but I think the Rams just have the better team. Um, so I'm going to go – and Stafford, a little bit more of a pro than Burrow is, even though the Bengals are definitely scary on the offensive side of the ball. I think Stafford's just going to get them there. So – I have to lean with uh, Brad on this one. Uh, I've seen Joe Burrow overcome insurmountable odds one too many times to bet against him. The man can – it's like, here's the thing. If this were a normal situation, I'd be like, well, you know, you've got Cooper Cup, you've got Matthew Stafford, you've got Aaron Donald on that D-line. But Joe Burrow just showed that he can get sacked nine times in a game and yeah. still win. So, yeah. and that defense, that Bengals defense, show that they're not anything to sneeze at either. Because the fact that you held Pat Mahomes in yeah. Arrowhead Stadium to three points in a half and overtime, I'm I going. I I I'm done betting against this dude, Joe Shiesty, all yeah. the way. Do we remember the game against UCF where he took that? huge at the end of the game i'm I'm gonna tell you right now since that guy got up from that hit he has been unreal that it's the only word i can use for him i mean especially for a guy who gets hit game after game like he has one of the worst o-lines passing wise passing no lines pass blocking lines the nfl he gets hit so much and yet he's, he's sticking in there like that's from that standpoint alone that's just impressive that Joe Burrow has gotten them there because not many quarterbacks after facing that would stand in the pocket with that much like, uh, what do you call it? Savvy and just like guts. Boys. To hit. Boys right. Take hit. Louisiana, after hit. People were comparing him to um, Tom Brady. In Columbus, we call that guts. Yeah. Uh, that's people that were comparing him to Southern Tom Brady. Gumption. After, yeah. after the game. <laughs> Um, we'll see. All right, Aubin, uh, we've given our picks. What about you? Yeah, hey, as an LSU fan, 
I'm I can't I can't go against. That's exactly right, Brad. Thank you for putting that up. I, I absolutely. I, I this is this was the the best outcome potential. I posted this on Facebook last night. This is the the best possible yeah. outcome for me. Um, LSU is my squad, so of course I'm going to rock with Burrow and Jamar Chase. Uh, no player in NFL history has ever won a Heisman, a national championship, and a Super, and a Super Bowl. Bowl. I think. I think this Joe Burrow can absolutely do it because if you can beat the Chiefs, you can beat anyone. I don't care who it is. If you can stop Patrick Mahomes, you you can beat anyone. Um, But on the other hand, if the Rams win, I'd love for OBJ to get his ring uh, because I think, again, he was criminally underutilized off to two very, 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 very awful franchises in the Browns and the Giants, and he deserves a win uh, for his spectacular play. Uh, just like I think T.O. deserved a ring. Um, they're much much alike in a lot of ways, but and in, in T.O. never got his, to my knowledge. Am I correct in saying that? T.O. never got a ring? No, T.O. Um, never got but, a ring. But he, but he's a team, like, he should have, if he would have not broken his leg or whatever happened, we would have won one in 2004 against the Patriots as a whole. Anyway, um, Matthew Stafford is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in NFL history because he played for the Lions, which is an awful franchise. Um, he did all that he could. He was passing for 16,000 yards a season. Now it helped that he had Calvin Johnson, a generational talent. Um, but he was still passing for a ridiculous number of yards with nobodies in Detroit. Um, so it's time that they, he gets the respect he deserves, goes to a good franchise and starts to win. It's no surprise to me. Uh, they were my early Super Bowl pick, um, or at least out of the NFC West coming out of the NFC. Um, so I, I win either way, in my opinion, but I'm going with Joe, Brr, my man, Joe Shiesty in the yep. Bengals. However, so I do want to go back to Caleb's comment. He's well, right, dude, though. Defense does win championships. Well, Aaron Donald, uh, if that Bengals O-line is like it has been. That means and Jalen Ramsey going up against Jamar Chase should be fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you've got that matchup. I think then, it's just funny. You like, have to still guard T. Higgins. You still have to guard. You still have to yep. stop Joe Mixon. You still there's too many weapons on that offense. Now losing their tight end yesterday hurts, but yeah. there's too many weapons on that offense got, to not be. You got Von Miller. Well, I mean, Von Miller and Aaron Donald for any offensive line is hard to stop. I really right. just can't imagine how. The Bengal offensive line is going to stop both of those guys. So, like, Joe Burrow is going to need to continue to get hit and keep throwing to throw the ball quick, get it out before he gets murdered. Um, yeah. I just think it's, it's funny to look at both of these teams because, like, the, the Rams really just went all in on this year. Like, they traded for Matt Stafford, traded for Von Miller. They signed Odell Beckham. Like, it's one way to build a team. And then the Bengals really just built through the draft and free agency – uh, but the Rams just kind of traded and signed for all their guys, um, but it worked. So, like, it, it's interesting to see how both these teams kind of built their respective teams. And um, yeah. I'm looking forward to see, you know, battle of these QBs. So, yeah. So uh, that was a great question. Then uh, that launched a whole. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's just a great yeah. week every week. Yeah, yeah I mean, you could OBJ also, right OBJ also yeah. posted his first 100-yard receiving game since, like, three seasons ago, which is insane that Odell Beckham was not able to have 100 receiving yards in a game in three seasons. Like, that is ridiculous. Imagine Shows what you, you can do with a quality QB. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, imagine, I mean, once you get out of, you get out of New York and you end up in Cleveland, 
They sh- Cleveland should have been on paper a much better team. Beautiful. I think that goes yep. back to their draft of Baker Mayfield. I still to this day think they messed up because they they sh- should have been smart. They could have ended up with Saquon and Baker because I don't yeah. think Baker was going to any other team in those top four. Uh, so they you draft Saquon with the number one, you end up with Baker falling to you at the four spot anyway. You should have had them both. They would have been gross. Um, so I think it goes back to there. I mean the the. The GM there, I mean, I know I, I we hit on Howie Roseman because he's the worst, but uh, there are some GMs who are just terrible, and, and, and they might that might be the case over in Cleveland. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's move on, guys. Oh, I forgot to do a thing for this, but that's okay. Uh, we're moving on to the coaching carousel. Hop on board your horse, and we'll see how fast the carousel goes this week. Um so there's been a whole lot of recent hires. Um, let's just talk about the first four, and then we're going to speculate about the last five. Uh, so Brian Dable was just hired recently to the Giants. Josh McDaniels went to the Raiders, which I feel like the NFL should have voided his contract the way that he kind of backed out of going to the yeah, Colts. Sure. Um, Matt Eberflus went to the Bears, and Nathaniel Hackett to the Broncos. Um, out of these four, is there one that just like sticks out to you? Yeah, the Nathaniel Hackett went to the Broncos. Like I, I for sure talking to Travis Denham on the uh, sideline GMs podcast two weeks ago, he was for sure like saying that Dan Quinn would have went to the Broncos because like the Broncos are always looking for these defensive minded coaches, and, and he was kind of sold on that. He didn't like it because he's like, why can't we finally go with offensive mind? Because uh, they had Vic Fangio, and, and that didn't work out. You know, they had guys like that. John Fox was there. That didn't really work out. Um, so, like, finally, they got an offensive-minded head coach. But are they just doing it so they can lure Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos because Nathaniel Hackett was his OC? Like, is that the only reason, or is he actually, like, super talented and has learned a lot from – from the Packers organization. So um, I like it because they finally went to the offensive side of the ball because they have all those weapons there. Judy, KJ Healthy, KJ Hamler, Cortland Sutton, Javante Williams, Noah Fant. Offensive line's getting better, but their quarterback is just, hey, Bridgewater, I like him. But again, I think very similar to the James Winston's of the world. Um, like he can probably get you to the playoffs, but after that, like it's it's kind of like a Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, situation. So um, that's my opinion anyway. But so I think they need a, a quarterback for sure. I think they're banking on that Aaron Rodgers will want to leave and go to Denver. Um, but either way, it's good for them to get an offensive-minded head coach, and maybe they can draft a quarterback while they're at it. Yep. Uh, Aubin, anyone that sticks out to you, you can piggyback on on another one. That's fine. Well, to be honest, I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep it a buck. Uh, none of those do much for me. They don't sway me one way or the other. Uh, Josh McDaniels is probably the biggest surprise. Um, after reneging on the Colts job, I feel like um, I'm just like, waiting for that shoe to drop. But he's like, just kidding. I'm not going there either. But at the same time, maybe that really speaks to the Patriots organization and what's going on there because he's been he's been there for so long. He had a failed stint at, uh, relatively failed stint at head coach with San Francisco. Um, going back out west uh, in AFC West now instead of the NFC West. But, uh, 
you know, maybe his offensive mind will do wonders for Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs. I mean, he's worked now with Tom Brady uh, for forever. He's now worked with Mac Jones for a year. Maybe that says something about Mac Jones, and maybe he's he's not living up to the hype if he's willing to leave Mac Jones and that success in New England for for uh, Oakland. For well, I'm sorry, formerly Oakland, Las Vegas. I, I don't really know. It's a lot of speculation. Um, but I think McDaniel's is going to have. If I'm looking at a team that hired out of those four teams, which one is going to have the most success at the head coaching position? I would probably say McDaniel's because. He, he's already been a head coach. He knows what it takes. Um, he's been there, done that. And they've got talent in, in Las Vegas. Um, they're not going to win anything because they're not going to be better than the Chargers and they're not going to be better than the Chiefs. But they're going to be better than the Broncos. Um, so that you've at least not coming sure. in last in that division. Yeah. The Bears aren't going to win anytime soon. Although, I mean, maybe, man, that's tough because Detroit's going to be trash. Minnesota. You just you know, hope that Eberflus get some money. Right. And we're going to get there, I'm sure, but with the rumors of Jim Harbaugh coming to Minnesota, I mean, I think that takes Minnesota immediately to the top of the division, especially because Aaron Rodgers is more than likely leaving. So the NFC North is 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 almost wide open because Devontae, Devontae Adams is a free agent this, this offseason also. Yeah. So we're not even talking about that. I mean, the big name is Aaron Rodgers, but Devontae Adams is is most likely not staying in Green Bay. Um, so the NFC North might be the one that might be unless the one they job franchise that, tag him, right? Unless they tag him, but he can still deny the franchise tag him. He can just not play. I think he so. Can, yeah, you, it's happened. It's very rare, but he could just yeah, say, "I'm yeah, not. I'm not doing nope. it. I'm. I'm not going to yeah. play." Didn't um, Lev Bell do that? Somebody did it recently in the last couple yeah. of years, but. Uh, so now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, I, Josh McDaniels might have the most success because he's been there, done that. But which job is the more desirable one right now? I, I might go Chicago because the NFC North, nobody knows what's going to happen. That's a winnable. That's a winnable division. Yeah. And uh, what was the fourth? Who was the other coach besides the Broncos? Broncos, Bears, oh, Chiefs, and Chargers. No, not Chiefs. No, Giants, the Giants. I, I, the Giants oh, are trash. So, the yeah, the head coach. The head, co- the yeah, yeah, head coach. For. The Giants, I, I don't care who you bring in. That new GM, new head coach. I, I don't care what you do. They're going to be a trash bag organization. Mm-hmm. And I speak that as an Eagles fan and as a football fan. Um, the statistic that makes me sick. I'm yeah, sorry, I don't think Daniel Jones fan. is anyone's first yeah. choice. But but they're keeping it. But I think they want to keep him. They are. The the, yep. the, the Giants haven't, have not know, been above 500 – in the last five five seasons or something like that, probably more. Now, look, they mm-hmm. they have not ever mm-hmm. at one point in the season in the last five years at least been five hundred five hundred. They are the only team. That means the Jaguars. That means the Lions. That means the Tech. <laughs> all of these awful franchises that we think about have all been about five hundred at least once at one point in the season. And the Giants have started at least 0-1 every season in the last, like, five wow. years. Yeah. It. I don't get it. So. Well, you can't dent them for inconsistency. I would agree with you, Aubin, that um, Chicago does look like the best place because, I mean, just look at the quarterback situation between the four teams. Um, you have 
Aaron Rodgers, who's probably the is definitely the best QB in the division right now, but we don't know how long he's gonna be there. Um, and then who do you have up outside of that? You have Justin Fields, which probably has the outside of Aaron Rodgers has the highest ceiling of any other the quarterback starting quarterbacks in that division. So I go, the Bears could be. I mean. You're gonna to have to wait for something to happen in Green Bay before um, they don't become the de facto winners of that division just by virtue of having Aaron Rodgers. But once that era is over, I think you could see the Bears definitely come to a resurgence if they can get an O line to protect Justin Fields. Well, also a good coordinator like Eberflus might be a good head coach, but like who is he bringing to help out? the offensive side of the ball. Like yeah. Fields needs a like desperately a, a mentor and a really good offensive coordinator to help him grow. He's not just going to like step on the field with new head coach and automatically just be great. Like, especially with, like you said, defensive line still pretty horrible. And Al yeah. Robinson's a free agent outside of that. They have what Darnell Mooney. So like that needs a lot of work. Um, and I know no one's really talking about Denver, but, in terms of like defense, they were the one of the best defenses in the NFL last year. In terms of weapons, Javante Williams is an up and coming running back, and the receivers, when healthier, they have three, maybe even four really good ones if you count Tim Patrick. And Noah Fan, we know what he can do. So, like, I mean, I think they're a good quarterback. It's hard to get a good quarterback, I know, but I think they are a good quarterback away from being like sneaking into the playoffs. Um, yeah, the Bears, a, like, the I understand world. Justin Fields is, like, is so tough. Yeah, it is, but like wild card, team. like I mean, you can. But you could end up with they weren't the record was three wild card teams. You know, you could end up with three wild card teams in the AFC West alone. Right. But yeah, I get what you're saying. But like in terms of like how close they are, like the Broncos record wise were closer this yeah. year than the the Giants or the Bears were. Like I know we're talking about the Giants, Justin Fields. He's really great. I think he's going to be good if he gets good help. But like. Overall, outside of that, I mean, they're really struggling. Like, they don't just need to fix the O-line. They need to fix a lot of other positions. And I don't know if that's going to happen in one year. So, like um, – but the Giants, you're right. I think they're trash, horrible, and until they prove me otherwise, like, I'm not going to count on them for anything. So, um, yeah. I, I, McDaniels, um, I think the Raiders are definitely really close as well. I just – I don't really know where I stand on him with that whole Colt situation, like you said, Brad. So, um I don't, I don't I think like he's a, him for sure. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think either, really, but we'll see what it does. I don't, I don't like him. I thought it was a really weaselly move. Like, even if it wasn't Josh McDaniels, like anybody that does that, like, can I trust you? Like, I don't know. But uh, let's talk about the open coaching spots real quick. Uh, so the Vikings, we've heard the Harbaugh rumors. Uh, the Saints, I haven't really heard anything. I heard Flores might be like – Doug Peterson for, interviewed as well. Interviewing. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to audition for the, the head coaching position. Uh, the Dolphins are so stupid. Like, Flores, I don't care if he's a yes man or not. Look at what he did with that organization. They should have had a losing season. They should have sucked the entire season, but they managed to come out nine, like, what, nine and eight? Does that sound right to anybody? Yeah, I think so. Uh, anyways, still, to, to blame it on Flores was incredibly stupid. Yep. I'd blame it on the GM, but that's a whole different conversation. Let's talk about the Texans next. 
Has anybody heard who the leading man right now is for the Houston Texans head coaching position? Yeah, they actually just is it called Jonathan him. Gannon. Just got off the, I just got off the phone with him uh, an hour ago. <laughs> I'm trying to trying to figure no. out what I want to do if I want to. <laughs> Stop it, Josh McCown. Oh, Josh yeah. McCown. That's, a, that's oh, about right. Boy. Yeah. Why? You know? Like, what well, he was coaching. Well, well, now when he was a he's he's why is it he's got coaching experience. When he was the backup for the Eagles last year and ended up having to play with a broken leg, uh, he he was splitting time between the Eagles and <laughs> coaching high school football. So he's already he's already got coaching experience at the high school level. So might as well just throw him in there. We know he was the best starting quarterback that some teams have ever seen. So might as well just just throw him out there. You know. Here's the other one, the other name that's been floating around Twitter world, and I dare you look it up, Urban Meyer. No. God, no. <laughs> nah. I'm, I'm looking Why don't at the Texans go after D'Amico Ryans? Like, this is the Texans being the Texans they should, they at the just, highest they, they level. They should hire O.J. Simpson. Right. Like, okay, <laughs> Ray Lewis is next. Like, come on, guys. Like, this I mean, is Ray the Lewis reason no one – this is the reason Watson wants out. This right here, the utter stupidity of the Houston Texans. Unfortunately, it gets worse, guys. How about the Jacksonville Jaguars? Leftwich, I thought Leftwich was going. I was like, that's such a great hire. Congratulations. You, you nailed it. You've got an offensive-minded guy to come in with him until he wasn't. And he was like, no, I don't want your – what was it, GM? He said, if you fire your GM, I'll come in, or your somebody. He said, fire somebody, and I'll, I'll come. So then it looks like the Jags never really intended on signing Leftwich because they sent their plane to go pick up Vic Fangio. Ugh. Why? Oh. Why? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna rip them the shreds later. But out of these five jobs, which is the most appealing for a head coach looking for a position? The Vikings. Um, I just want to say, like D'Amico Ryan's. It's a it's a travesty that no one of the Texans have not interviewed him yet. Hopefully they do because they just lost. But him as a defensive coordinator for the 49ers, and also he played for the Texans back in his pro days. Like he is rising up quickly. A very bright mind, very young, very energetic. Um, it's very annoying that he hasn't gotten a, a interview yet. Um, Texans, yeah, definitely not attractive at all. The Jaguars have a horrible management system. That's probably why Leftwich did not want to go there. Um, but yeah, I would. It's tough. They all kind of suck, but um, I think the Vikings are the easiest choice there. I mean, I. I don't think it's really a question. Yeah. Kirk Cousins is at least a winning quarterback. Yeah. He has the potential to be a winner. Uh, Justin Jefferson is a generator. I mean, he's playing out of his yeah. mind. Um, I'm sorry, Brett. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, the, 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 I agree with you, but I would make a case for the Saints if they weren't over the cap space. That, that yeah, was but, the but only they've got, thing they've that got too much. The they've got too much to worry. I mean, you still don't know if Michael Thomas is going to play. Like He's refusing right. to play he's for traded. them. Yeah, but what are you Locking gonna get? Like, who's, who? You're at this point of his career where he had just missed an entire season. He's he's. You're not getting more than like a second and third round for him. You're not getting a first round. You're not getting what you should at this point. So what's even the point? Like, hey, yeah. trade him to the Eagles. We we'll give him Jalen Rager. I mean, at this point, that's all he's that's, worth. That's what I'm saying. Um, like, at least offer him get something back because look, if Antonio Brown was able to make it back into the league. You can get I something from Michael Thomas. Yes, <laughs> no, I agree. If Antonio Brown can make it back, Michael Thomas, who, if you take, I think it's like the past two or three years 
still has like a top five amount of receptions for in the dude, past two, three years, despite giant, not playing so, like all this season. So dude it's twenty um, feet tall, so I, it doesn't but, surprise me at all. But I agree with Bobbin. The Vikings offensively incredible. That should make. Make it drool to think about working with Jefferson. Maybe Thielen. We don't know if Thielen's going to stick around or not. Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins is great statistically, terrible as a like winner. <laughs> but I don't know. I would agree with that because you're right. The Saints have a question with who is going to be their quarterback. The Dolphins have a question about if two is the right guy. The Jags know that they have a quarterback, but that's all they have. They have nothing around him. And then uh, who was the last team? The Texans. I'm not even going to get started on the Texans. That, mm-hmm. that whole franchise. If like, you can trade Deshaun Watson for franchise. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say there's times you see a franchise and you just wonder if they should just like stop being a franchise, just like discontinuing <laughs> the brand here. Like change the owner, change the GM, about. change the coach, change everything. If you can if trade Deshaun Watson for like three first rounders, then That's not gonna happen. I think. It's not going to. I'm like, but if like if they can get a good capital back for him, then I think all of a sudden it makes that more attractive because I think people really do like the GM that's there now. He's from the Patriots. Yeah. And if they can get Flores on board, I'm suddenly moving the needle just a little bit for the Texans. So, um, I think watch out for that. So. Yep, I agree. Okay. Here it is, fellas. Do you want to do it here or do you want to do it in NFL highlights? Um, I, I know that I shared the overtime rule thoughts from Andy Reid the week before they lost to the Bengals with you guys. Um, to Just to be funny, just to stir the pot, um, let me go back and reference what he said, and then we'll talk about the Chiefs and Bengals game, and then I'm putting you guys on a 10-minute limit. Um, <laughs> but essentially somebody asked him, like, how do you feel about the rule? Um, do you think it's fair? Uh, and he said, you know, um, I wouldn't be opposed to them changing it. That's a hard thing. It was great for us last night, but is it great for the game, which is the most important thing we should all be looking out for? To make things equal, it probably needs to be able to hit both offenses and both defenses. Now, here's where I'm going to divulge a little bit because this past game actually gave us that, and we got that because the defense played well. So if the defense plays well, you get the opportunity. And that's, that's where I am at. So I will abstain from this conversation. If you feel something needs to be hashed out, you got 10 minutes. Got 10 minutes. People, I went on the Twitter sphere, the, you know, uh, dumpster fire that is Twitter after the game. And it was filled with people saying, you know, this game proves that the overtime rules work. When When all it did was prove that the game is better when both units from both teams touch the ball and you actually get a feel for which team is better based upon when that happens. Now, my esteemed colleague, uh, Aubin, made two major arguments the last time we had this conversation. Namely, that um, I, I like to call it the the uh, the uh, team project argument, which is if one unit from one team fails so miserably on the field in overtime, 
their second unit should not be able to come and bail them out. And the other argument was on player health. If you have overtimes going back and forth too many times, you are just increasing the uh, chances for injury. And I want to address both of those points. On the case of the um, team project argument, it only addresses one unit, the defense. If the defense fails in that they allow a touchdown, the offense does not get to bail them out. Yet, in the Bengals-Chiefs game, we saw Patrick Mahomes' unit, the Kansas City offense, fail miserably in that they could not even get in field goal range and score. Yet their defense was allowed a chance to try to come out and bail them out. That's not an opportunity that Josh Allen got in order to try to bail his defense out when Josh Allen's defense couldn't um, even hold Kansas City to a field goal. As for the player health argument, we look at something like the Penn State-Illinois game over in college and how it went nine overtimes. Let's remember, once it gets down to three overtimes, it's just one play each side, alternating two-point conversions. If the NFL went directly to alternating two-point conversions at the, at the first overtime, you could have even nine overtimes and still each player from each unit would only play like nine plays. And that's more than what happened in the overtime game both times, both Kansas City and um, the Bengals. So to say that it is endangering player health is disingenuous when number one, nine overtimes is the exception because you can only think of one game that that happened with and then the one that went seven overtimes a few seasons ago. And the team project argument does not hold water because again, it is holding the burden of proof higher for the defense than it is for the offense. The offense can fail miserably and their defense can come and try to bail them out. If the defense fails miserably, well, then the offense had better already have their bags packed. Are you done? Yep. Okay. Kyle, do you want to go? Do you want to share your opinion? No, nah, I'm kind of tired of talking about this, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I'll agree with you. And, and it's very simple. Because you have failed, as of yet, Luke, to convince me otherwise. Number one, um, let's address the elephant in the room. The only reason that the Bengals offense got a chance and the Chiefs defense had a chance was because the Bengals defense did their job in overtime. Therefore, the Chiefs' defense has to do its job. The Chiefs' offense failed. The Bengals' defense did not. This is what the Bills should have been able to do. And for that matter, their offense, the Bengals' offense, had a chance to score, and they they did and win the game, which they did because the Chiefs had already had a possession and failed. Um, but, But had 
had they gone down the field and scored, the game would have been over because the Bengals would have lost. Their defense would have done their job, or not done their job, and they would have lost the game, and that would have been that. Your argument, I, I'm, I'm, I, I fail to see where the argument holds water because the only reason the Chiefs' defense was ever on the field was because their, off, their offense failed. Not their defense, their offense failed. Therefore, the defense had to be out there. Okay, okay. You're making you're making a good point. You're making a good point in that the Chiefs' offense failed. Therefore, their defense has to come and try to bail them out. To try to get another, the ball to back. To give the offense another chance. They try yes. to give the offense another chance. Exactly. Sure. Right. So, you have the Chiefs' offense failed completely. Utter failure. They throw a pick in overtime. So Utter failure. Let's, let's be fair. Eli Apple, who might never work another game in his life, uh, Eli Apple, a first-round draft pick, can't make a pick six. Because that, that should have ended the game on the second play of overtime. Should have been a pick six game over. <laughs> Don't even have to get the pick on the third play. Uh, but keep going. So. Yeah, so, okay. So, anywho, Kansas City offense, massive failure. Don't worry, though. Their defense gets to try to come and bail them out. Now, they failed, but they at least had a chance to come and try to bail them out. Go back to the Chiefs-Bills game. You have the Bills' defense. Utter failure. Complete and utter failure. Kansas City scores a touchdown. Does Josh Allen get a chance to go and try to bail out his defense? No. Why is that fair? Because you're saying saying that the Chiefs' defense failed – by giving the Bengals a field goal, Bengals won. All the Bills would have have to done, in your sense, is to fail and given up a field goal. The Bills would have gotten a chance to score and tie the game or score a touchdown. So the oh, field goal thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're saying, well, the Bills' defense would have had. They have to have some modicum of success well, yes, for the, the other one, units to come out. Defense in the NFL That's not the case for the offense. That's not the case for the Chiefs' offense. Yeah, you could have the Chiefs' no, offense. Have this a is, miserable failure and so asinine. Try to bail them out. What's the saying? Offense wins championships or defense wins championships? It's defense wins championships, point blank, period. If your defense can't do the job, you deserve to lose the game. If you can't, if your defense cannot stop the team from scoring a touchdown in overtime, you have lost the game. You okay, do not so deserve to win. You do not deserve to make it to the championship game. That's the that this whole saying is that defense wins championships. Nobody says offense wins championships. Nobody has ever said that. Yes, the offense scores the majority of the points normally, but they always say the team that has the better defense is more than likely going to win the game. The Bills had the number one defense in the NFL. If you cannot do your job with the number one offense and hold them to at least the field goal in overtime, you deserve to lose because defense wins championships. Point blank, period. Okay, so what I'm hearing is defense is more important than offense, and therefore the defense is held to a higher standard than the offense. Yeah, one minute. I think they are uh, hold to the Eagle standard. Uh, but here's the thing. We're talking about the Bills and Chiefs. Like, everyone's scoring. Everyone's scoring. Uh, we, they should both get an opportunity in overtime. But, like, the Bengals and the Chiefs, I, I mean, 100% believe that if the Bengals got the ball first – I don't think they would have went down and scored. What would have happened? They would have punted or they would have gotten a field goal. The Chiefs would have gotten a chance. Like, 
I think if the Bengals got the ball first, it could have been a very different game. But what happened? That Bengals' defense was killer in the second half, and they stopped the Chiefs. To me, that's unfair. Yep. To me, it's unfair. So, like, you know what I mean? No, like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Bengals, you know, here's the thing. Let me talk. Let me talk. Let me talk. Okay. You had your chance. If the Chiefs, you're saying they're unstoppable, they scored every time, it's not fair. The Bengals' defense was literally unstoppable in the second half. They were killing Patrick Mahomes. He couldn't do anything. So to me, that's unfair that the Bengals had to be on defense first. I think the Bengals should have had on offense first because they, they couldn't Dude, score. That makes completely, utterly no sense because just because they had a major success doesn't mean the game is over. The offense still has to come they out their and prove job. itself. They did their, what are you talking about? They did their job, and they <laughs> won the game because of it. Now, I, Brad, you have to extend the timer because I was interrupted by Luke. I only got to address okay, point right. number two. Okay, I'll, I'll let point, you have the last point word, two, if you point number feel two, so passionately about it. Point number two, we were talking about injuries and lengthy games. Luke, I, I, appreciate, I appreciate you including um, the overtime rules because, as of course you know, um, the overtime rules have been the same since 2001, except in 2019 um, when they made it five overtimes. So we would have had to go at least five overtimes um, at three or I'm sorry, four years ago. They would have had to go to five overtimes before we get the two point conversion rule. And then just recently this year, they, they changed it to the three overtime rule. Um, but again, in that game, they were not stopping each other. Patrick Mahomes and the Bills traded touchdowns over and over again. So what's not to say that we would have not had a 20-overtime game with them just scoring on each other since they couldn't stop each other? Point number one. Point number two, um, you mentioned that the seven-overtime game or whatever is an anomaly. It's not as much of an anomaly as you think because in the last 20 years, I know this doesn't seem like a lot, but this is a lot. There have been seven games since 2004 that have gone to seven or more overtimes. That game how, absolutely. How many total games? We're, yeah, but we're, but you're. It's not as anomalous <laughs> as you think it is. It's not an. So the most recent, of course, we had Ohio or Illinois, Penn State. That's 2021. We had one, of course, Texas A&M and LSU in 2018. October of 2017, we had Western Michigan and Buffalo, and then we go back to 2006. So in the last five seasons, it's happened three times. So it's not like it's an infrequent thing that happens. Yes, it is an anomaly that it goes seven. We're talking seven overtimes, okay? Of course, chances are something's not going to seven overtimes. But surely they're going multiple overtime games. And again, we're talking about college athletes, young, adolescent, not adolescent, but pre-adult young bodies compared to adults playing in the game. So it's not not the same thing. It's not the same thing. I yield yield my time. I have counterpoints, but I know Brad would want to kill me. So I will just say, let's move. Let's agree to disagree and move along. Um, Let me just put one cover on it. So this is the best explanation I can give. Alabama, Georgia. Did you say say the best explanation? The best explanation. I was thinking we were going to a different podcast. No, stop it. I was was intrigued. No. Um, we're gonna cut here for our sponsors now um, <laughs> but no um so it just all right luke alabama and georgia played right we beat georgia the yes. first time we played again how did georgia beat us with a great defense oh what was that 
Oh, when the well, when the Rams when the Rams when the, when the Rams when the Rams and Patriots played in the Super Bowl with the super high powered offense that Sean McVay had his first year, and the Patriots with the very elderly oh. at this point almost senile Tom Brady in the worst in the worst football game and Super Bowl game in NFL history, which team won? The one with oh. the superior offense or the superior defense? Clearly, in the worst game ever, yes. the superior defense because defense wins championships. I, I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I am a strong, I am a strong believer that if you have the number one defense and a horrible offense going up against the number two defense and a quality offense, the team with the lesser defense, but the much more quality offense will win. And that goes to show that it is the combination of the two teams that wins championships. Well, duh, that's how they get oh, oh, so you're saying the combination. But you can't have you can't you can't play the game without both of them. That's a stupid thing. Luke's listen, Luke just said you need both teams to win the game, both sides of the ball. But he's been saying the entire time the Chiefs and Bills are just scoring left and right. It's all about the offenses. Both offenses need the ball. That is not what I'm saying. Don't put words in my mouth. That's a straw man. That is such a straw man. No, I'm saying. No, I'm a human. Both (laughs) you have both units going at each other. That what what was sad about? (laughs) Here's the thing. Here's the thing. NFL overtime rules are outdated because they come from an era where defense did win championships. Now we're in a new era where offense dominates the game. They just updated it. My head hurts talking to you right Badly. Now. I'm not going to lie. Not, a, not nearly enough. My head is – my head is – I can't. I can't. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Both defenses might have been good, but they were gassed. So we all knew going into that game that whoever won the coin flip was going to win the game. Thank God. Goodness, the same thing didn't happen just this past Sunday because I would have had apoplexy. Um, I'm just saying, bless you. In overtime, <laughs> both <laughs> units from both teams need to see the field, so we compare them all to each other, so that we come to a consensus which team is on the whole better. Because you don't just get to put the defense out there; the defense can't win on their own unless they pick six something. And they shouldn't have to. They should be able to just get the ball back and put the ball into their offense's hands. <clears throat> okay. Can I make it? Can I make a point? I'm going to read this article to you so you can hear how defense wins championships. One statistic is common to every champion since 2013: a stinginess on defense. All ranked in the top 10 in scoring defense, they did not allow points. That's been the one statistic universal to the success of all Super Bowl champions. 47 of the 54 winners ranked in the top 10 in scoring defense. Of the 108 teams that have reached the Super Bowl, 89 of them ranked in the top 10 in scoring defense. 16 of the Super Bowl champions led the NFL in scoring defense. Another 18 finished in the top 5, and 13 finished in the top 10. So, the secret to success in the NFL isn't how an offense puts the ball in the end zone. It's how well a defense keeps the ball out of its own end zone. Why? Because defense wins championships. I yield the floor. Okay, okay. Let me just say this. Um... (laughs) Wow! Wow! Okay. (laughs) 
Okay. I mean, but how just did, I just read you facts. Cold yeah, hard facts. 100% of all Super Bowl winning teams scored more points than their opponents. Jesus. So, <laughs> there you go. It is the grand total. It is the sum of the teams. Take me out, too. Not one. I can't remove myself. Come back, y'all. <laughs> okay. Do we, oh my gosh. Okay, there we go. Do we do we feel good? Did, was this helpful? I found it very very nice. Now I, now I need to drink. I'm, I'm, I feel very secure in what I believe. My, so. my, alcoholism, is, my, my alcoholism is tingling in my ears right now. I, my, <laughs> my, my liquor my liquor cabinet is calling me now. Thanks. I think it's actually <laughs> your conscience. Okay. Chiefs Bengals. We've talked about that 30 minutes. Moving on. Uh, Rams 49ers. Uh, did anyone actually think the Niners had this in this game? Like, I Niners was never slip in there, man. That's all I'm saying. No. no. I mean, they this is the they held it close until the very end. I mean, it's not like they, Jimmy G. They shouldn't have been here. No. Nope. 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 They bad. This is why I posted a couple weeks ago. Bad teams win. The Niners are a bad team. Like this is what they I got a solid like playoffs. Like teams that shouldn't be there get there. Ugh. Yeah. Well, they got uh, there because they're defense. For sure. Oh, did you said the defense. I'm sorry. Did you say? You said the defense. You said the defense. <laughs> I did. Okay. Yep, the I just, you know, I was just. I, I thought yeah. I heard that, but I didn't. I thought you were talking about their yeah. high-powered yeah. offense. That. Um, yeah. Okay. Because it because it was the deep because because it was the defense that brought them back into that game. The special teams defense. Um, you know, brought them about back. The Niners, they, they scored. Right? They, yeah, yeah, the Niners. The, the special team yeah, defense the, got them there. And with just, the quality defense, but they complete an utterly incompetent offense. Right, 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 right. But, they, but they got to the NFC Championship game with the, the, superior, with the Wait, with the superior offense or defense? Which one was better? What side of the ball was better? Um, I'd say you compare Jimmy Garoppolo to oh, okay. so, Stafford. Okay. I'm, I'm here. What I'm hearing is <laughs> what I'm hearing is the defense is better because defense wins. Okay, got it. Okay. No, I'm, I'm talking the whole team is better. Continue. That's obvious. Hi. Um, so congrats to Stafford. That deserves it, needs to be there. Uh yes. let's move on. If it'll let me. Never We've had this conversation. I'm never we haven't even gotten back to another, meatball to another yet. another show ever because oh, we haven't gotten anything I'm, yet. Every episode <laughs> I'm on turns into three hours long. I'm so sorry. I know. <laughs> I'm gonna have to delay something two weeks in a row now. Um, we love so you, NCAA conferences. I don't know if everybody's kind of kept up with what's going on. Uh, in future, Oklahoma and Texas are going to the SEC. SEC is kind of like too much. Uh, the Big Ten is talking about getting rid of divisions so that they can get into the playoffs easier and not knock each other to pieces. Um, the ACC is still arguing about what needs to happen. The Pac-12 is still worried about its Rose Bowl. Like, it's just so stupid. I'm sick of NCAA conferences. You know what? Let's not have conferences. That's where I am. Let's just not have conferences. I can get And just play it out, and the best teams will get there. And then you can really roll out that 18, 12 team format. But when you spend all this time infighting about your divisions and who needs to be in your division and who's good enough to be in my division, you're never going to accomplish anything other than you're infighting. And that's it. 
Uh, and I'll even put this on the SEC. The SEC has been good the past couple of years about not infighting and just like, hey, we're cool with this, whatever. But Big Ten, get over it. Big 12, get over it. Pac-12, get over it. ACC, get over it. Because what's going to happen is you're going to kill yourselves and the SEC is going to keep doing what they're doing to you every year if you can't get it together. So my break this week is with NCAA conferences. Like, just keep divisions if you want to keep the divisions. It's not going to stop you from getting to the playoff. Like, that's not I think you should be aligned. Anyway. But, I do believe that uh, yeah, in the Big Ten, there needs to be some realignment. The fact yeah. that um, you can constantly have the two best teams in the SEC meet in Atlanta for the SEC championship game. Meanwhile, in the Big Ten, you have all of the good teams in one division and the trash of the league outside of Wisconsin in the other. It is prohibitive. It doesn't give the Big Ten a chance to have more than one team compete for the playoff each year, whereas yeah. that happens with the SEC all the time. So I think it's like move Penn State or Michigan or whoever to another division and so establish some divisional or, parity and you might actually see some or, results. Or another thought, beat Oregon and Michigan and we wouldn't have had to have conversation. A one-loss Michigan and undefeated Ohio State probably both would have got in. Uh, but This year was an anomaly and you know it. No, it was not. No, it was not. Your defense has been porous all year. Uh, let's not make something. I said this there. year was uh, an anomaly. Like the game. <laughs> oh, the game. I was like, mm, mm, mm. Uh, okay. So I've kind of talked about it a little bit. The Jacksonville Jaguars organization. We're going to take you out to the trash. What are you doing? You have Joe. You have not Joe Burrow. Sorry. You have Trevor Lawrence, who is supposed to be the quarterback prospect. Like the, not one of the, and you ruined an entire rookie season of him, Urban Meyer, by not actively bringing him a good wide receiver, not actively help trying to put in Carlos Hyde as a running back, not giving him anything on defense, and expecting one quarterback to do everything. Stupid. Khan should be fired also for letting Urban do what he did and ruin Trevor Lawrence's rookie season. So I'm not just going to put it on Urban. Don't don't think I'm just going to here to bash Urban. No, no. It's the whole organization. Everybody needs to get canned start over. That's what you should have done when you realized this wasn't working out. Instead of Khan saying, well, I'm not going to listen to all the griping and everything. I'm going to give him a shot. Really? How'd that turn out for you? Like, Khan is incompetent. You need to realize you were there. A couple years ago, you were there. You were in the conversation with Bortles. Bortles. And now you have Trevor Lawrence, and you can't even, like, did they even break 500? I don't think they did. I think they finished at, like, the bottom of the league. Like, awful. Like, great. You beat the Colts in the last week, and you're celebrating that? Exactly. Like, they beat the Colts in the last week of the season and treated that like a Super Bowl win. You need to change the culture of your organization if that's what you're getting excited about. I know Trevor. I know Trevor. Oh, we've seen Trevor. All of us have. What he's going to do this offseason is say, I'm not happy with that and get better. The rest of the organization needs to be on board with their rookie quarterback. So for me, just just scapegoat the whole organization, wipe them out, start over. I, I, I hate to see that because then – Trevor is going to have to relearn a whole new offense during under a different coordinator, but maybe that helps him. But when you draft a prospect like that and you don't give him everything at your disposal, anything, you're wasting him. 
wasted him. So that's one. Two, thank you, Joe. Uh, he vanquished Jackson Mahomes and Brittany Matthews like the royalty that he is. Um, I've never been happier about anything. I've been so sick of both of them this year. And sick of the Chiefs going every year. And thank you, Joe Burrow. I never thought I was going to say that. So uh, goodbye, TikTok boy. And <laughs> I wish I could do what I wanted without everybody hating me. Both y'all shut up and leave. Take the L. Goodbye. Yeah, no, um, no, I agree. Imagine how down bad Patrick must be. He, he loses the AFC championship game and has to go home to that. <laughs> oh, I'm aware. Uh, um, no, I'm going to so, tell, tell my children that Joe Burrow was the actual Tiger King. <laughs> yes. Um, so the very highly awaited transfer portal uh, part of the episode uh, is here. Uh, we have a lot of guys to talk about. Let's talk about was this a good move? Um, let's talk about a good organization. Just something about everybody. Um, so we're going to start with the two people that we don't know where they're going yet. Caleb Williams, probably the best quarterback in the transfer portal right now. Um, isn't sure where he's going. Going to leave Oklahoma. He did want to play for Riley. Now he, there are three options that are coming out that are very heavy. Obama like one. Uh, USC, obviously, go play with Riley like you wanted to. Uh, LSU is the dark horse right now. Uh, there's some rumors that Joe Brady may return to LSU, which would be interesting because apparently Williams' family is uh, good with the Bradys. So we'll see where that goes. And the one that's out of left field, uh, Wisconsin? Wisconsin is there? I don't know why, guys. When was – Russ was the only real – quarterback i can think of that was at wisconsin that did anything and even then he was a transfer like uh i don't who who where should he go out of these three just these three north north carolina um usc north carolina she's in north carolina his girlfriend's already there mac brown's a good head coach not the great head coach but a good head coach they have a very stellar recruiting class coming in this year i'd go with north carolina listen who are you gonna play Besides what? Clemson? Right? Uh, you can have Forest. a lot of easy wins down there. So, oh, Wake Forest. Yeah, they're tough. I guess. Yeah, um, a lot of easy I, wins down there. So, I'd go with North Carolina. I mean, we saw the success that Caleb Williams had under the direction of Lincoln Riley. I mean, we saw flashes of it when he was at Oklahoma. And if Oklahoma had a quality defense, and now Ovid is chuckling under his breath again, they would have been able to maybe compete for at least the playoff spot. Um, I say go back to Lincoln Riley, go play for the Trojans, because it's going to be very, very easy to be able to recruit kids now that Lincoln Riley is there and Caleb Williams might be there. It's going to be very easy to recruit kids and defense to that Southern California area. So it's, I, I would say definitely go, go, go where, you know, you ha- go follow the dude that you had success with. I I don't like this for one reason. And that's because really already took an Oklahoma commit and got him to USC with it. So now what you're going to do, is you're going to go to USC and fight for a starting spot 
again. And I, I don't think I would do that. Honestly, so so here's one. We'll talk about the situation in a minute. He should go to LSU. He should go to LSU. You will play on a big stage where you're going to prove it every week. Go to LSU, really. And I say this because just, historically, just, how is, historically, how has LSU been besides Burrow's year? Not great is the answer. Not so, great. But if you can go and turn it around, look at Burrow. Look what Burrow did. Yeah. Burrow but, is being true. Burrow but here's the thing. Brian Kelly has been a cringe machine ever since he got down there. He's still a good coach. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. My argument is go down there, make a name for yourself. Because remember, Burrow was not like the best quarterback in the nation is going to LSU. No, he made a name for himself with LSU. And that helped to have Joe Brady, who, since you mentioned Joe Brady, uh, fantastic if they pick him back up. How he doesn't, I mean, he was ruined by Matt Rule and the the Carolina Panthers. I mean, just. Yeah. Ruin because he's a phenomenal offensive coordinator. Not only were they wanting, not only were they calling for him to have a, an offensive coordinator job in the NFL before they he was hired by the Panthers. They were they wanted him to be a head coach in the NFL. Um, and that ineptitude of the organization in, in Carolina ruined him. So I uh, wish him the best and hope hope that wherever he goes, if it's back at LSU, uh, great. But uh, I wish him the best. Um, but if I can, I can jump in with my pick. Uh, we're talking about Rattler, right? Is that what we're talking no, about? No, no, no. Caleb Williams. Williams. Oh, Caleb, Caleb Williams. Okay. Um, sorry, I was a little, I was a little lost. Uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Again, I don't, I don't know all that much about college football. But Caleb Williams is, is he an African American quarterback? Correct. You know, I, I have a thing for African American quarterbacks. Now, I'm, a, I'm a fan of myself. We've had this conversation. Um, I think he should go to any HBCU in the country. I don't care which one. Any HBCU in the country. Uh, Florida A&M was the highest on the uh, on the ranking. For those of you who don't know what an HBCU is, it's a historically black yeah. college or university. Um, I'm like 20 minutes just for from the, uh, just family, for the so. just for the uh, for the general world that might not know what that is. Um, uh, historically black college or university. Florida A&M. Uh, they won. They they were the number one team uh, in the power rankings for HBCUs. They went nine and three in the SWAC conference. Um, you know, the only other team that's better than them in SWAC was Jackson State, and that's Dion's team. And I think they just got one of the best prospects at QB. So I'm not I'm not saying Jackson State. He can't go there. He's not going to win the job. Uh, but like a Florida A and M, yeah, South Carolina State, any any of the above. Um, simply because I believe if more black players go to HBCUs that the world will flip upside down uh, and we will stop seeing the powerhouses we're used to seeing win. And I think that would be great for everyone. Because um, like if all the all-star black players stop going to PWIs, pre- uh, predominantly white institutions, for those of you who don't know what a PWI is, you stop going to PWIs, you're not going to win. I'm sorry to tell you. But it ain't it ain't happening for you. Um, Look, Alabama's I mean, entire roster. We can we can we, we can name we can name <laughs> all the that this is a stereotype, and I apologize for putting it like this. But we can name the best ten skill players that happen to be white, literally ten, 
and be done with that list and still be like, okay, we're probably scraping the bottom of the barrel for the lot. We're, we're getting into offensive linemen here going down about eight, yeah. nine, 10, right? We can look at the Cooper cups. We can look at the, the quarterback positions. Uh, but even, you know, outside of quarterback, if we're looking at all the skill positions on offense and defense, the number of white players is not exactly super high uh, in, in the college football world, in the professional world. I mean, it, the, there's a reason that the NFL is uh, more than 80% black. I mean, it is what it is. If you stop going to PWIs and go to HBCUs, this world's going to lose its mind and Alabama will stop winning everything. Um, which would be fantastic to see. So, <laughs> yeah, but I like Bryce. I like Bryce. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I'm just. I'm I like just my man CJ, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. We all, never mind. I won't go there. That's a whole, that's an Afro Latinos episode. Uh, go check us out sometime. That's, <laughs> yeah. All right. That was, that was my spiel. I like it. I like it. I'd like to see it happen. I do like Jackson State, and I think that's only because of Dion, but oh well. Um, Florida A and M. I gotta, I gotta look at that. Um, well, Florida A and M is literally like right next door to Florida State. See, there you go. So it's transfer, crazy. transfer yeah. uh, from wherever school you're at and go to HBCU. Cal. They'll, they'll love, they'll love you, Luke. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they will. Uh, Emory Jones um, announced that he was going to transfer for Florida before their bowl game. Um, and then just hasn't done anything since. However, he did list two schools that he might be interested in, wants to stay in state. He has mentioned Miami and Florida State. Um, you know, Miami, I think, kind of has it figured out. I think if you're going to stay in state and go somewhere, I think Florida State is kind of looking for an identity as they have been since 2013. Um, maybe that's where you make a name for yourself because you certainly didn't do it in Gainesville. So, um I mean, you know, he'd have to well, compete he as, someone, good. as someone who is currently going to Florida State. Um, he would have to compete with Jordan Travis for the starting role. Um, I know that Ooh. Jordan Travis is beloved. Do you, and he's go to, actually, do you go to the games? Yes. I, was about to say, I went to the Miami make, game you're making a where Florida State pulled it out. I went to the Notre Dame game where we almost won that one. So I was there. Um, Wait, who, who, who won that game? Was it the team with the better offense or the better defense? It's the one that had the better team. <laughs> Jackson Dart is the best player on our transfer portal list. <laughs> um, so Jackson Dart uh, took over for Keaton Slovis when he got hurt. Play really well, actually, for young guys. Uh, Riley came in USC, and then he kind of left because that was never the plan. Um, and Riley brought in his own prospect to USC anyways. Uh, we weren't sure where he was going to land, but recent reports have put out that Jackson Dart has enrolled for classes at Ole Miss, which means another scary quarterback might be coming to the SEC. Lovely. Um, but uh, he should be able to work in that kind of an offense where Corral thrived and could be a more uh, more option-y kind of Corral, which would be interesting to see. Um, because Corral really relied on his arm more than his legs, but could do both. Um, I think that one's kind of a case close. Uh, Robbie Ashford and Bo Nix, so the quarterback for Oregon and the quarterback for Auburn, switch schools. So Robbie Ashford will be going to Auburn, and Bo Nix will be going to Oregon. I don't think that's going to help either team. Um, 
Uh, Braxton Burmeister. So this was kind of a weird one. Um, when you play for Virginia Tech, unless your name is Michael Vick, I don't really think you're going to go to the pros. Um, he recently transferred to San Diego State. Now, this is weird because San Diego State was actually ranked at the end of the year, had a really good rushing attack. So why you would choose to go to a school that's like predominantly run, I don't understand. Maybe, and a Burmeister was a former four-star recruit. Um, maybe this will pan out for San Diego State and make them uh, less one-dimensional. Don't know. Um, Jaden, Jaden, huh? Oh, I thought somebody said something. Sorry. Uh, Jaden Delara is going from Washington State to Arizona. Who cares? Um, Harrison Bailey is going from Tennessee to UNLV. This is weird. We don't see a lot of guys go to UNLV. I know that uh, former Ohio State quarterback, whose name I can't think of right now, recently landed at UNLV and retired from the sport after that. So if you're oh, going uh, from an Martell. Martell. Yeah. So if you're going from an SC school to that school, I expect we'll hear a retirement announcement from him soon. Um, <laughs> Juba Purdy is the next one on this list. He is going from Florida State to Nebraska. That's fantastic. Nebraska needs all the help it can get because uh, Adrian Martinez left Nebraska and went to Kansas State as a grad transfer. Um, congratulations he's for moving to the big eligibility? where you won't be. I didn't think he had eligibility either. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. Um, I feel like I, I feel like I've been hearing Adrian Martinez's name since like 2015. <laughs> Started as a freshman. Yeah, I feel like he hasn't left. Uh, tired of hearing him. No, he's been around for a long time. Um, Cameron Ward. We talked about this guy. I don't know if you know that. Um, but the little FCS school guy that was really good signed with oh, yeah. Washington State, and he was a heavy passer. So I think it's interesting he'll walk into a pass-heavy offense. Um, I'm going to keep him on my list of not Heisman hopefuls, but maybe All-American if he can prove that's, it. That's, that's Mike Leach, right, Washington State? Uh, Leach, Leach, Leach. No, Leach is with uh, Mississippi State, isn't he? Oh, did he go there? Shoot. Who yeah, Washington is there. State now? I don't, I don't know. remember. They actually just called me and asked me if I would come play for him, and I, you know, I just that's why I was I was just listening to. Oh uh, yeah, I got the you. offer. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, it, it's not up to my liking. In Washington, it <laughs> rains a lot. Um, just thinking, it's not gonna cut it. They're not, they're not paying me. I don't have any endorsements. I don't have any endorsements yet, so I I need to hold down a job. I can't move to Washington, so uh, that's fine. Brian Kelly appreciate will the call offer, you. but uh, appreciate the offer, but <laughs> Zach Zach Calzada. We talked about him a couple times this season. Also, um, looked really good for AM. One of the few quarterbacks can say I beat Bama, and now he's going to Auburn. Which, if you guys have been keeping up with Auburn. They're about to hire their third offensive coordinator in 13 months. Uh, Brian Harson looks like he has no idea what he's doing with Auburn. Uh, the uh, the exodus from that program is very strong. Um, I feel like that was a bad move, and I feel like we'll see him reverse that soon. Uh, Casey Thompson, the quarterback from Texas, moves to Nebraska. Now we have two guys in Nebraska. Thompson will probably get the start. Um why he went to Nebraska, I'll never understand. Should have just stuck with Texas. Um, Brill, you guys will remember this story. This was uh, the guy that backed up uh, 
What's his name? Hmm. Wow. McKenzie? Uh, McKenzie Milton. There we go. Uh, McKenzie Milton's backup is now leaving UCF going to Oklahoma. So even if Caleb Williams wants to go back to Oklahoma, it looks like Oklahoma has moved anyways. Um, Michael Penix, another guy we've talked about uh, kind of a bit, is going from Indiana to Washington. I cry for the Hoosiers at heart because that was the best quarterback I think they've had in a very long time. Um, another one that I'm going to cry about, Paul Tyson is leaving Alabama and going to Arizona State. I don't care. He was never going to take over for Bryce. And he fumbled a bunch of like field goal kicks. Goodbye. <laughs> what I do care about is that he's the grandson of Bear Bryant. And I feel like oh, I you're going to say Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, he's related to Mike Tyson. Uh, that's, that's why he says my name is Paul Tyson. Um, <laughs> so good riddance. Good luck, man. Good for you. Um, Keaton Slovis, the underperforming USC quarterback, is the only reason I remember him, is going from USC to Pitt, which is kind of strange because another quarterback that's moving on to the NFL will be replaced by a veteran kind of quarterback. Uh, let's see if Slovis can actually do anything with Pitt. Um, Max Johnson, this was surprising, um, is leaving LSU to go to Texas A&M. I don't really think he did a whole lot with LSU. Um, but, I mean, I guess it's okay if you're going to get Caleb Williams. So, eh. Um, Spencer Rattler, we all know, went from Oklahoma to South Carolina to pair up with Shane Beamer. Um, good luck with that one. Uh, Quinn Ewers is leaving Ohio State to go to Texas. Maybe he'll be the Texas guy. We'll see. They He will have a chance to prove that he's good in week Three against Alabama. Um, again, good luck with that one, Quinn Ewers. Uh, Jack Miller the third is also leaving Ohio State and going to Florida. This doesn't surprise me that there's a QB room exodus from Ohio State because you've got McCord and you've got Stroud. Where were they ever going to fit into that offense? So unless you're planning on being like an eighth-year senior, it wasn't going to happen. Um, Connor Bazelak. Um, I remember we talked about him. He was he was decent. Um, is going from Missouri to Indiana. So now he'll be a quick trip down to go see him, see how he's doing. Um, and we've got one last one before we wrap up our episode. Um, Levi Williams is going from Wyoming to Utah State. Um, I think that will be interesting. If you guys don't remember in the uh, famous Idaho Potato Bowl, I know we were all watching that because it's such a Baseball game. Um, he rushed for four touchdowns and over 200 yards as a quarterback. Um, now, if he gets the starting nod at Utah State, he will go up against Alabama week one. So that might be a good time to see what he's made of. Um, but that will be our first edition of Transfer Portal Ship. Um, guys, thanks for being here thanks for hanging with us it's been a long one um but we will see you again <laughs> next monday goodbye defense wins championships whole team has been championships defense defense whole team.